Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Rundown Nation. I'm Woj. And I'm Walt. And this is the College Football Rundown. Quite a few good games this week, Walt. Some, some I'm going to say it right off the bat, some really good DFS games this week, and I'm really excited to get into some of those. I'm excited to get into the games in general, Woj. We got conference play. This is when things are getting exciting. Right off the bat, Auburn at Arkansas, 11 a.m. on the SEC. It's in the afternoon slate of DraftKings as well, Wall. I don't know that I'll be playing DraftKings this week, but if I do, I think I'm going to be sticking with the night slate, as you tell me that's what I should do. I, I like the night slate this week. Big, big fan. But you know what? I like this game, too. If you're going to play the afternoon, this is probably a good game to look at. The over-under on this game is 55.5. Auburn is giving 19.5. So the implied points in this is Auburn scoring 37, Arkansas 18.5. Well, well, that's that's a pretty big spread. It's more than two touchdowns, but let let me go over this for real quick. So Auburn runs the ball more than they pass the ball, and uh, their leading running back on the year, Jatavius Withrow, is out with a knee injury wall. His replacement is only 4,600 on DraftKings. That's Cam Martin. Uh, it could be a big day for him, just considering they're probably going to be beating Arkansas by a lot, getting him some extra reps. He's going to be out there running the ball quite a bit, I would imagine. Uh, he's a cheap option, but I would imagine people are going to follow suit on this with him being at 4,600, and he's going to be a highly per- high percentage-owned player on DraftKings, unfortunately. So if you're playing tournament play, Maybe a uh, you know a trap right there. You might be getting into a trap with a high percentage owned player. We went over that in that DraftKings 101 episode. Well, hey, well, you're letting the people know they're going to be happy with you. Something like that, you know, not everyone's going to spot sitting 4600. That's pretty low from what I hear. Yeah, definitely. Tell me a little bit about Buffalo at Akron at 2:30 on ESPN3. Wall. Uh, I'll tell you a lot about it, Woj. We got a Buffalo team 2-4, and four, Akron 0-6, chasing a win this late in the season. I can't believe it, Woj. Akron is plus 17. Over-under in this game is 48. Over-under looks low, you know, with an average score per game. Buffalo's at 52. Akron's at 50. Likely an indication Akron will not be scoring a lot. Might be expecting some wind out there in Ohio, in the Midwest, Woj. You know it's windy out here. It's starting to get cold too, Wall. It is. I looked at the weather for this one. It's you know it's a 2:30 start. It's on ESPN3, by the way. But 2:30 start. It's probably going to be pretty good weather this time of year. Later in the year, that's definitely a factor to consider. But right now, a lot of wind might be the reason for a low over/under. But Akron has a disappointing season this season so far, giving UMass their first win. The battle, of the the worst it was a couple weeks ago. Buffalo this week coming off a bye. Buffalo's a team that, you know, they, they're going to start a little slow, but they get it going in the second quarter at some point. Then they're going to stay consistent. They're going to score a touchdown maybe two every quarter. That's what I'd expect out of this game. Consistency when you're making wagers, it's one of the keys to look for, and that's why I'm liking this Buffalo team in this. They're not the greatest team sitting at two and four. They've played some good competition, but they're consistent. Akron, also consistent. Consistently bad, that is. But that's not a, re- a bad reason to bet against someone. Akron could come to play, but I think I'm going to take my chances with this one, Woj. 
while I like the word consistent, not only does it apply in your wagering, but it also applies in, in daily fantasy and, and really everything as far as gambling goes in college football or anywhere. In our next game, LSU at Mississippi State, LSU's been pretty consistent, Wall. 42 points in every single game so far this season, and they just got done playing a good Florida D. That was an exciting game to watch. I hope everyone saw that last week. Game day, obviously, but that's part of the reason why I want to bring this game up, Woj. LSU was in a big game last weekend. Obviously, they beat that Florida team. You said a good D. I agree with you, but they're coming off that big game day win. You know, it was under the lights at night. Now they're going to be playing at 2.30 in the afternoon, Woj. This game's on CBS also, so you, everyone knows. But it's a tough thing to come from that kind of atmosphere into a 2.30 afternoon game against a Mississippi State team that no one really thinks that highly of. They're not doing very well by any means this season. they got to go on the road. Mississippi State's covered four of the last five. I don't know. Watch out for LSU because they might be doing a little look ahead to next week when they have Auburn. I hear you all. I hear you. Um, as far as daily fantasy goes, though, Mississippi State's given up 46 or gave up 56 to Auburn, whose offense doesn't look half as good as what LSU's is. Um, I'm going to highlight the playmakers in this one just because I think it, it, you just have to. Joe Burrow, LSU's quarterback at 8,500. Pricey, but he's good. Um, I probably wouldn't take him this week. I would probably concentrate on the other two playmakers which is Justin Jefferson, is one of the best wide receivers in college football. He's at, priced at 7300 right now. Uh, he's a beast, 40 catches with a 670 yards and 60 Ds. 670 yards and 40 catches, well, that's 17 yards per, per catch. That's nuts for a receiver. So he's doing a lot with the ball after he catches it. Uh, the other guy that I want to look at is Clyde Edwards-Hilera, which is the LSU running back at 6,200. Pretty good value there. I think he had a really good week against Florida last week. Um, if they're going to be ahead in this one, look for him to get quite a bit of good fantasy numbers in. Well, it's it's a big game there, Woj. You know, people don't think highly of Mississippi State. I myself don't. I have an under on their wins for the season. But another game people might not be looking at, UL Monroe at Appalachian State. UL Monroe... Three and three. Appalachian State, five and oh. They got the big goose egg in that loss column, Woj. This game's on 230, you know, early game, just like the one we just talked about. ESPN Plus. We got the Sun Belt East versus the West. App State coming out of the East. Both teams giving up a lot of yards, Woj. UL Monroe, 478 yards per game. Can you believe that? I'd like to pound this game on, on DFS. I, w I wish it was on a DFS slate because I, I would take a lot of players in this one, Wall. Oh, I guess it's not on there. They're not going to let you pound it. But it'd be good from both sides, too, because Appalachian State giving up 387 yards a game. That looks a little juicy, too, doesn't it, Woj? For sure, yeah. I mean, this is a, it's going to be an offensive-minded game, it sounds like. Oh, absolutely. You got the spread sitting there, the over-under, I should say, sitting at 65 Appalachian State on the spread, minus 14 and a half. I don't know about that one, but that's what they got it at. I'm not going to argue. UL Monroe, plus 490 on the money line. This is one of the reasons I want to bring it up. Miniso this week, we went over hedging. I have a futures bet on App State to win the Sun Belt. What am I going to do here, Woj? I'm going to hedge. I'm going to hedge, baby. Let's assume, I'm not going to say how much I put on this, but let's assume I put $100 futures bet on this. You know, I can put $21 on UL Monroe, who on the other side is... At this point, most likely to be in the championship game, I can win $103 on that bet. Let's say UL Monroe does win this game, 
hey, that's going to put Appalachian State's chances, although not at zero, a lot less than before this game was played. I'm going to collect the $103. Boom, I covered that $100 loss in App State to win the conference with only risking 21, Woj. Uh, that's a good hedge wall. I like it. I like it too. I got, it gives me some room, some opportunity later in the season, but you know, it covers the possibility of U, UL Monroe being the better team head to head. You know, that's what's going to come down to in the conference anyway. So I'm kind of hedging against that. Again, if you, if you are uh, not that familiar with hedging, check out our mini episode from this week where we went into it. We got a big PAC 12 game in the afternoon coming up while Oregon who's five and one at Washington, who's five and two at two thirty on ABC. Oh, you you really lit the lamp there. You got me excited, baby. I'm looking forward to this game. I wouldn't say more than the others, but I'm definitely looking forward to this game a lot. Oregon, I I, I think they're a great team, in my opinion. Washington, beginning of the season, I I'd put Washington as definite favorite in this game. I'd put them maybe three and a half, four point favorite. But as it stands now, Oregon's giving three. Washington's plus 124 on the money line. We got an over-under at 51. Woo, baby, what an exciting game this is going to be. Yeah, I, I, I'm surprised it's even at 51. Well, this, these are two good defenses. and uh, I mean, Washington, for instance, is their defense numbers are still good, and they've had to play crazy offensive-minded teams like Hawaii, USC, and Zona already this year. So, uh, And then Oregon on their own right is, you know, everybody talked about how good you know, the, the Wisconsin's and the Florida's were, but Oregon in their own right is a really good defense, one of the top in the nation for sure. Hey, I'm not going to disagree with you, but hey, let's talk about the other side of the ball there on Oregon. Oregon's offense, their average margin of victory is 34. 34, that's that's a big average margin of victory. Which, again, they haven't played probably quite as good defense as they're going to play in Washington this game, but I think the reason this one's at 51 is because Washington's going to have to score some points just to keep up with Oregon, who's averaging 34 a game. Margin of victory, that is. Hey, DFS wall in this game, you know, Washington runs that, I get the pro style in quotes because the pro style is changing as, you know, we get years and years in. But uh, Easton, with Easton, he's more the guy under center for Washington. They run more of that pro style. So let's drain the clock out a little bit. So I'm going to stay away from this game, more or less, the only person I would consider possibly is on Oregon's side, their best receiver, their tight end, Jacob Breland, is out for the season. Uh, their next guy up would be their wide receiver, Jalen Red, who is 5,300 on DraftKings. He's pretty good so far this year. Um, he's had at least a touchdown in his last five games, which is huge. Um, and he even had a rushing touchdown in the last game. So this would be a guy I would consider possibly in an afternoon slate if you're looking to fill, you know, right around that 5,500 uh, mark. And he might get some more touches near the end zone now with uh, with Breland out for the season. Hey, we're going to be watching two quarterbacks going head-to-head, Woj. they got to throw it to someone. Why not the tight end, right? Eason, Herbert, sure. it's going to be exciting. For sure. We got Baylor at Oklahoma State. That's the 3 p.m. on Fox. Uh, so the overrunner in this one is 68. Oklahoma State is giving three and a half. Uh, so this is a tight one, Wall. Implied points is Oklahoma State's going to score 35 points. Baylor's going to score 32. So, again, real tight game. Um, I liked this game a lot when I saw it originally, but now I'm kind of steering away from it. Um, there's just something about this game that just doesn't sit right with me, especially the players and what their pricing is on DraftKings. 
Uh, one guy for sure. Uh, actually, a funny note is both of them have played their last two games against Kansas State and Texas Tech, so you can kind of kind of get an eyeball of of how they've been playing each other and other teams as well. But the one guy I do like is Tylen Wallace, and we've talked about him before on this podcast. Oklahoma State wide receiver uh, at 7,400. He is scary consistent. Wall. Uh, he scored 25.5 points the last two games, and he hasn't scored less than 25.5 points this season. The only he actually did it once, and that was at Texas. Um, he is scary consistent. So it's one of those things, you know, not the best value at 7,400 if you're scoring 25 and a half points, but hey, consistency pays off for those non-tournament games, Wall. And this is just one of those guys that I wouldn't pass up if I was doing a 50-50 or a cash game for sure. Hey, well, I'll tell you what I'm doing, Woj. I'm passing this game up. I'm taking out my big paint stretch pole. I'm stretching it all the way and pushing this game away because I'm staying so far away from this. I, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. You talk about a Baylor. I'm going to do anyways, well, Woj. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to talk about it anyways. You talk about Baylor's schedule. First game, SFA. Crickets? No one knows what that is? Yeah, neither do I. I had to look it up. Next game, UTSA. You know, San Antonio. Psh, garbage. Then we got a team where some people might recognize Rice. Eh, Rice, no good. Next game, ISU. We don't respect them, right, Woj? No, hell no. No, that's Iowa State, for those of you who don't know. We, we don't respect them. But then they got Kansas State, Texas Tech, as you mentioned. You know, I don't know what to expect of this team. They're undefeated. I don't want to bet against an undefeated team. I'm staying away from this game. Yeah, they just had, they had their close game last week versus uh, Texas Tech as well, where they had to take them to two overtimes. You gonna watch the uh, the Arizona State game at Utah, five o'clock on the Pac-12 Network? Oh, you know it, Woj. I'm gonna have my crazy glue out, put it in my eyes, and they're gonna be glued to that TV. This is an exciting one, baby. Utah, one of my favorite teams on the year, five and one. Arizona State coming in, matching their record. You know, this game's at 5 p.m. Great time to watch a football game on Saturday. It's on the Pac-12 Network. Hopefully, all of you get that. But Utah's laying 13 and a half on this one, Woj. Over under at 48 and a half. That's a testament to Utah's defense, I think. Utah's a good team, but that money line on Arizona State sitting at 450 is enticing. You know, I can't bet against my Utes, but for those of you out there that can, that that's a very enticing plus 450. Can you see can you see Arizona State winning possibly winning this game, Woj? Yes. Uh, yes. Hey, that's all I needed to hear from you because this is what I see it as. The professionals are putting this at an 18% implied odds that Arizona State wins this game. You know what that means? That means with the juice taken out, you know, Arizona State wins only two out of ten times they play. I don't know, Woj. I, I see them winning a little more than two out of ten times. I definitely think Utah wins this game majority of the time, but I like those odds. Just think about that South Carolina game last weekend where they took over Georgia. No one thought that's a possibility, but, you know, there's always a chance you can beat someone one out of ten times. And when the teams are this close, Arizona State winning two out of ten times, I think that might happen. You know, both these teams are sitting at three and three against the spread, which means they've covered half the time. They haven't covered half the time on the season. You know, these line makers have them nailed, so maybe I digress, Woj. Maybe I will stay away from it, but I want everyone to at least take a look at that plus 450 on Arizona State. I think it comes down to, in my hesitant yes, was Ali New Benjamin because that's the Sun Devils' offense right there. And if he can get into the, you know, Utah D, which I I know is a good run D wall, uh, I think it all comes down to that. But if they do that, I think they can win. 
A good Rundy Woj. Come on, you need to speak correctly. That's a great Rundy. I mean, they're stingy as hell. They're giving up 52 rushing yards a game, Woj. 52 rushing yards. I, have you seen any other team that good? No, no, that's pretty good, Wall. Yeah, it is. It's a great one. But I think we need to move ahead to another game where there's not going to be so much running. Well, it's going to be balanced, but you're going to see a lot of the big plays come on passes. And this is the Western Michigan at Eastern Michigan game. This is going to be a good one. Mac game. Western Michigan 4-3, and three, Eastern Michigan 2-1. and one. This game's the first one we're going to talk about that actually starts, you know, after 6. It starts exactly at 6. It's on ESPN+. Plus. Hopefully, again, all of you get it, but watch this game for sure. Western Michigan, minus 8.5, over-under sitting at 61.5. As I mentioned, you know, if you like to watch passing games, this will be a good game to watch. They, When they do pass it, both these teams get some yards. The total passing yards, a little deceiving. You know, I mentioned they get big plays out of their passing yards, but... They're actually, both teams are good run-pass oriented offense. Eastern Michigan, passing the ball 55% of the time. Western Michigan, sitting right around 50% of the time, run versus pass. I I don't know a lot of teams that are doing that these days. Most of them seem to be airing it out. I have a a stickler with this game because I bet this game years ago and I got burned on it hard by like, I think they scored like a combined like 60 points in the second half, which was ridiculous. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's a good game to watch for sure. It will be. And we mentioned, well, I should say I mentioned Wasink, the quarterback for Western Michigan beginning of the year on this podcast. He's, you know, he's coming into his game right now. He's just shy of 2000 passing yards. You know, I, I just mentioned they do a balanced offense. So that means when he gets the passes, he's taking opportunity. He's making good decisions, making good passes, tough stretch for EMU playing two Mac West, Top teams back to back. Obviously, Ball State is who they played last week. This week, they're playing Western Michigan. You know, not an easy road for them. They played well last week, but lost ultimately, 23 to 9. Likely, a reason the spread is a little lower than I'd expect. Maybe a little bit to do with the rivalry also, but you know, I, I like Western Michigan in this game. The game I white wall this coming week, and I want to watch uh, the next two games actually. But Michigan at Penn State, 6:30 uh, on ABC. Night game at Beaver Stadium. It's going to be a whiteout for Penn State. And, you know, they just got done playing at Iowa where it was uh, the black and gold out. And not a place I'd probably want to play. And, you know, hardball is 1-9 one ver- one versus the AP top 10. Uh, that's a rough, rough for him. It's been rough for Michigan the last couple weeks, Wall. A lot of bad press about Michigan, you know. But you got to zoom out again. I like to always say that. Zoom out. We're talking about a Michigan team that's 5-1, and one, Woj. They've only lost one game. You remember who that loss was to? It was to Wisconsin. Wisconsin's a good football team. You know, this would be a big, big win for Michigan, especially on the on the road. And it's really going to do little for Penn State. So, you know, it's not a place I'd want to play. As you mentioned, it's definitely not a place I'd want to play here at Beaver Stadium with that whiteout crowd. But it's definitely a game I want to watch. Uh, a silver lining in this game for DFS, uh, Noah Kane, the Penn State freshman running back at 5,300. Um, his numbers are pretty good. Uh, 25 points versus Purdue two weeks ago and 19.2 points versus Iowa last week, uh, and that was at Iowa at night. Um, his carries have gone up each of the last five games um, with a chunk of extra yards in the, or chunk of extra carries in the last two weeks. Um you know, I said this when Iowa played Michigan, and I'll say it again. Michigan can give up yards on the ground. Iowa didn't run the ball. <laughs> Let's see if Penn State will run the ball. I like Noah Kane for sure. Call that a silver lining, Woj. I'm guessing you think that this is uh, 
not going to be much of a shootout? No, I don't think I don't think so. Well, not that seems like Big Ten heavy hitters. Unless Penn State just gets a spark up their ass and wants to go crazy, I I don't think it'll be a shootout whatsoever. Well, you're giving some props to the Michigan defense there because then Penn State has been just crushing people, which I, I agree with you 100%. And again, we always talk about this concept of why is the NCAA so much more exciting and you bring up the fact that it, there's just more pageantry to it, which I 100% agree with that also. Watch this game, ladies and gentlemen. You'll see that pageantry. It's going to be all white. It's going to be pumping. Wait till you hear that song at the kickoff. It's going to be really exciting. And another exciting game, at least for DFS people out there, is Florida State at Wake Forest. Uh, Wake Forest is on the night slate. And it's a 6.30 p.m. on ACC Network. The over-under 68.5. Wake Forest is giving 2.5. So that means the Wake Forest Demon Deacons are implied to score 35 and a half Florida State 33. It's going to be a tight one according to uh, the people putting the odds out there. Now, this is awesome for DFS because it's such a high over-under. Both teams going back at it, back and forth. And Wake Forest is the number one team in plays per game in the country at 85.3 plays per game. And we talked about that in the DraftKings 101 and how important that is. Um, here's the other really fun stat about this game. So you have high-powered offenses there. Both teams are in the bottom 30 in, in the NCAA in yards allowed. Okay. So bad defenses, really crazy offenses. <laughs> that uh, that equals really good fantasy numbers, Wall. Hey, there's a lot of yards I'm looking at, Woj. I'm looking at Florida State, you know, 400 yards a game. Jesus Christ. Then you're talking about Wake Forest, 540 total yards. Incredible, Woj. Incredible. Let's start off with Jamie Newman, the Wake Forest QB at 7,600. Questionable as of right now, as far as if a play or not, he's expected to play, but keep an eye on that. Um, averaging 31.7 points per game, um, it could exceed that, especially in this game with how many points they're given up or, uh, Florida state's given up and how many points they're expected to score. So I would look for him to be a good lock in, uh, quarterback. If you're keeping an eye and make sure he's going to play number one wide receiver, the most expensive wide receiver in the slate is Sage Surratt from Wake Forest at 7,800. He's the most expensive by 900, which is incredible. The next closest is Devontae Smith, who we've had many a times in this podcast with an Alabama wide receiver at 6,900. He's had two games this year where he scored less than 31 points. That means all the rest of the games he's had, he's scored more than 31 points. That's crazy numbers, crazy numbers and consistent numbers. Uh, coming off a huge 12-catch, 196-yard, three-TD outing versus Louisville. So, I mean, he's expensive, but he's good. <laughs> another guy to look at, another wide receiver on Wake Forest is Kendall Hint, uh, Hinton. Um, he is 4500 so not as pricey. He's on the cheaper side. He was sidelined week three and four, came back with a 12.7-week uh, right before they went to buy and then came back last week and popped off for 29.4, racking up 13 receptions and 135 yards in leading the team as far as receptions go. So I would look for him to continue that, and I don't mind taking two wide receivers from the same team, especially if they're averaging 500 yards game wall. And, you know, if they're they're going to pass, they're going to play 85.3 plays per game, I'll take both of them. They both got plenty of opportunities there. 
Makes a lot of sense, Woj. This Kendall Hinton guy, too, he, he might be in, as far as you guys that have college fantasy football leagues, he might be somebody that's sitting there on the uh, waiver wires because of him being sidelined week three and four. You know, they had that buy you mentioned. I'd check out your your uh, waiver wire for this guy. Yeah, another guy to look at, Marion Terry from Florida State. I'm not going to forget about Florida State's offense because it's, it's good in its own right as well. He's at 5,600. He's at four straight games, over 70 yards uh, receiving. He is a very consistent point per average at 16.6. So very consistent, 16.6 at 5,600. And again, like I said, anybody that's consistently averaging a good number in this game, look for it to possibly shoot up. There's a high ceiling in this game with score, with points allowed and points for and in plays. It's going to be high tempo on both sides. So everyone's ceiling just kind of gets a little higher in this game wall. And that's why I like it so much for DFS. Are there going to be a lot of other people looking at this game too, Woj, or you think this is something? Uh, I think everyone that's playing DFS is looking at this game, or at least shouldn't. If they're not, they're not doing DFS right. Well, <laughs> there you have it. Professor Woj knows what he's talking about. What about that Arizona at USC game that's a little later in the night, 8.30, Woj? I like this game too, and there, there's a one reason. I'll go over it in a second. Over-unders at 66.5. USC is giving 10 implied points, or USC 38, Zona 28. Um, the one thing I like about this game is USC got a little bit of mojo back last week. They went on the road at Notre Dame. They got uh, Kendon Solvis back under center for the Trojans. Uh, he is the USC quarterback at 6,300. Solid, cheap option against a zone of D that isn't that good. And again, last week went to Notre Dame, first game back after an injury, threw for 250 or 45 yards, first game back. Uh, I like that number versus, you know, at Notre Dame, at South Bend. That's not an easy place to have to go travel and play. And we talked about how cold it was that day, Wall. Yeah. Uh, I, last week. I don't like this guy right now, Woj. He, uh, he was definitely the reason that Notre Dame did not cover last week. So that's why I don't like him. Yeah. So let's see what he can do versus an inferior defense at home. If he can do that on the road. He's at 6,300. That's a bargain for me. On the other side of this contest for Arizona, you have J.J. Taylor. They're running back at 5,300. Had a great game versus a tough Washington D last week, uh, scoring 21.6 points. Uh, he's a risky pick with how up and down he's been, especially with his injuries this year, but it looks like he's fully healthy now, seems fully healthy, uh, and ready to score some DFS points. So uh, keep an eye on him as far as what Summerlin's going to do because while you know, like the best of us, he's a little crazy of a coach. He is. You know, I, I wish I had his number. I would just constantly text him and tell him how much I'm disappointed in his decision-making, taking the best quarterback in the nation out in the fourth quarter when you're losing last week. But, hey, that's Kevin Summerlin. That's what Arizona gets when they hired him. So hopefully they uh, make a coaching change quick couple other honorable mentions for the night site wall. Anthony Gordon, Washington State's quarterback at 8,000. Only seven teams with the worst defensive stats than Colorado in college football, and that's who they're playing this coming week. Only seven. They're, they're the, the eighth worst team in college football as far as defense goes. And they're about to get Anthony Gordon to come there and light up the show in an air raid offense. Uh, Gordon is, is overvalued at 32 points, and he's only had less than 33 points once this season. So his value is 32 points. If he's if you're buying him for 8K and he's had less than 33 only once this season, he had that one bad game this year, uh, watch for him to just torch Colorado. 
another one is while we're well known on this one is Bama receivers at or around 6K. <laughs> We've been riding Devontae Smith for the last couple of weeks. Well, DraftKings is now bumping him to the top. He is the priciest of the, the three-headed monster over there. The thing is, he is suspended for the first half of the Tennessee game for being ejected last week for throwing a punch. Uh, now, that suspension is is Nick Saban's suspension. And we know how Nick Saban's suspensions have gone in the past. He might not live up to that. Um, but if he is out, I would look for Jerry Judy or Ruggs. Jerry Judy's at 6,700 and Ruggs at 6,600 to get even more touches in the first half. Uh, so you take your pick on which one you want there. Both are good. Um, Ruggs was a little banged up after last week, but is expected to play. I'm probably going to stick with Judy, and I kind of have a night slate example I want to run over Wall. Um, this isn't necessarily what I'm going to pick, but just kind of a preliminary uh, assessment of what we went over for the night slate. I'm going to take at QB and then the Superflex QB. I'm going to take Jamie Newman from Wake Forest and Keaton Solvis from USC. I'm going to take running backs Noah Kane from Penn State and the running back J.J. Taylor from Arizona. My wide receivers are going to be Jerry Judy from Alabama and then both wide receivers from Wake Forest, Sage Surratt and Kendall Hinton. And then I'm going to take the wide receiver from the Florida State uh, to Marion Terry. So I have three players from that big DFS game wall, three players, and I like the amount of points that they're possibly going to put up. This is the week, Whoa! This is the week you win your million. I'm excited for it. You're going to outplay these people. Although I was a bit confused when you said super flex. I, I thought that was a fake position. It is. It is. It's really just a quarterback in college football. But the super flex, in quotations on DraftKings, as they stated, is uh, is just basically another quarterback position. And that's where you're taking Keaton Slovis. That makes sense, Woj. But, hey, here's what I want to know. You... I actually won a game last week, and it disappointed me not so much because <laughs> I had it in real life. I actually had Texas, so but they did cover the spread, Woj. They did. They lost by seven. It was a good, uh, a good win for me. Not again. I guess it was a loss for Texas, but good win for me. Yeah, I was disappointed about that loss, but I was happy they covered. I was happy you won that, Woj. I was unhappy that Virginia did not cover. They were plus two and a half. That's who I took, and they lost. This is putting me at four and two, Woj. No, that's not right. Three Woj. three and four, Wall. So I, I could possibly tie it up after this week. Who are you taking? Who, who's going to lose for you? Who's going to lose for me? I'm not, I don't know who's going to lose for me, but it won't be this one, I'll tell you. I'm taking Oregon minus three. They're going to win for me, and they're actually going to they're gonna put me at that five and three record, Woj. That's, that's what I meant to say before. Well, um, I've been all over the – done so much stats and looking at this Florida State-Wake Forest game – I'm taking Wake Forest giving two to Florida State. Uh, I just like them being at home. I like the the players that they have going. I, I think this is a big a big day for Wake Forest. They're going to win by by more than two. Well, I'm going to throw some money on it because uh, your pick last week, although I did agree with it, made me some money. So maybe you can make me some money this week on Wake Forest. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can catch us on Twitter at WWCFB. Our Instagram's college underscore football underscore rundown. Our website, which you can get all our podcasts and information and contact me and Kyle on, is collegefootballrundown.com. Thanks again for listening, everybody. I'm Woj. I'm Walt. And this was the College Football Rundown. We're out.